Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joining us by my co-host, Cam, the uh, chairman, not able to make it this week. I uh, haven't been able to record the last couple weeks just due to the holidays and scheduling. Uh, and boy, have we missed a lot. And Cam and I are going to be here to talk about it tonight. Obviously, of course, the big news we're starting with is... QT Marshall leaving AEW. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that is not something we are going to start off with today. We, of course, are starting off with the big news coming out of Survivor Series from this past weekend, that being CM Punk making his return to the WWE at the end of the show, coming out in front of his hometown Chicago crowd and getting a monstrous pop. I mean, that's like almost Austin levels coming back against stunning everybody in the Alliance kind of pop. I mean, it was huge. Uh, a great moment. I mean, it's already, as I said, it's the most social clip ever in WWE history. Uh, apparently, the deal came together within the last week from uh, from what you've heard from, I guess, dirt sheet reporters, even though they all pretty much got scooped this past week and are now trying to cover their hides. Uh, so it comes out on Raw. doesn't really cut too much of a promo, just kind of like a, I'm glad to be back kind of promo. Um, so we don't really know their direction CM Punk is going. Uh, the funny thing is I was not able to watch Survivor Series. I was kind of where I was. I was volunteering at an event and I was able to follow it along, follow it around live as it was going on. I was actually watching most of the men's war game match until the very end when I kind of got busy and I had to shut it off. And then sure enough, like I go and check Twitter. And then of course, like right after I see like CM Punk's back, holy shit. And I see all the stuff on Twitter and it's just, damn, I wish I would have been able to see that in front of a normal TV live. But like I said, it was a great moment. It's a big, huge, uh, get i would say for the wwe i mean we don't know you know all reports are that he was nice and cordial backstage to everybody at raw on monday um but it's a it's a big coup like i said for wwe i mean this gets people talking i mean i was i'm curious to see what the raw rating is going to be i haven't seen it yet but i mean even me i haven't watched a full episode of raw live in a long time just because of sleep and my work schedule and i made sure i was like okay if they're gonna put cm punk on last i'm gonna try to stay up for it and i did um and I just think this is big now for WWE, especially going into what's going to be their hottest time in the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Uh, so, Cam, what are your thoughts on CM Punk's return? Well, first of all, just complete and utter shock, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sitting there watching the pay-per-view with my wife and my kids at the house. And, you know, the match is over and Cody and everybody are doing their things. So I'm like, all right, the pay-per-view's over. And I literally turn to Peacock off and put on whatever. And, you know, I go and I look at Twitter just like you, Justin, and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what the fuck? And my wife, my wife's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what the fuck? So I try to go right back into it, but the replay isn't available right away, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, complete and utter shock, to be honest with you. I mean, you heard the rumblings and everything for weeks, and no one, everyone pretty much dismissed it. I mean, we talked about on the podcast. I said if he was going to come back, I was thinking around the Royal Rumble time. I predicted him and MJF would debut the same night at the Royal Rumble, um, you know, happily wrong that CM Punk is now back. I mean, I went back and watched, even though it's kind of different crowds, like the Cody pop at the Rumble, or the his match against Seth Rollins was, was pretty good, the AJ Styles pop, you know, so it's, it's hard to compare because it's different venue sizes, but yeah, it's astronomical, you know, and then the next night on at Nashville, you know, just, just as big, and his t-shirt, you know, I, of course I had to go and try to try to see if it was going to be under their Cyber Monday deal, but they were like, no, you're paying full price for this one, buddy. Um, so yeah, he's back. I mean, I thought the promo, I mean, I saw a lot of people just probably anticipating a AEW debut type of promo where he'd come and shit all over WWE 
and blah, blah, blah. So I think a lot of people were anticipating that. And maybe this was kind of actually, you know, CM Punk, Phil Brooks. It wasn't CM Punk playing a character until like the last 10 seconds when he said he's not here to make friends. He's here to make money. Um, but like felt like his entire five, six, seven minute promo, however long it was, was CM Punk, you know, saying what a lot of us maybe thought that he is home. And it's kind of weird because during during CM Punk's like, you know, big rain and the summer of punk and all that stuff during his WWE time, if you could think of AEW existing in that time period, you're like, that's the perfect promotion for CM Punk is AEW. But, you know, he was playing with fucking kids, as he said. He works with fucking children. So he had to come home. And I think that ultimately the WWE is his home. You know, even if things worked out in AEW, I still feel like CM Punk comes back and, like I said, goes into the Hall of Fame and blah, blah, blah. Um, now, you know, it's reporting that it's, it's a multi-year deal, so that's huge. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a week-to-week thing with him. I don't want I don't want to say you don't want to burn it out too quickly because he's a main attraction, but I definitely can see him being on at least every other Raw going forward for the next couple of years and really being in the spotlight. Um, I guess my question is, like, who who gets the demotion now? Is, is it Cody and Cody, Jey Uso, and, and, um, and Sami Zayn kind of go down the – go down the ladder a little bit, you know, which brand does he end up on? I think that, I mean, if I'm, I mean, the, the rumor is he's going to face Seth Rollins first and Seth Rollins had the, the reaction after SummerSlam and everything. So if they keep him on raw, assuming Randy Orton stays on raw, raw is super top heavy compared to SmackDown. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's really surprising. I've watched multiple clips you know, after it happened, I was still in like shock a little bit. I was like, wow, he's actually back in the WWE. It's fucking insane. Yeah, you're right. Like what happens next as far as as that goes. And like you said, I was even thinking about raw last night too. And it's like, it's really top heavy with baby faces now. I mean, you got pretty much like the judgment day and drew McIntyre as your heels. I mean, yes, Gunther is there too, but, Gunther seems to be kind of like in his own world as far as uh, as far as heels go as the Intercontinental title realm. Um, I mean, Randy Orton's already advertised for SmackDown this coming week, so I, I can maybe see Randy Orton going over there. We had Cody Rose declare for the uh, Royal Rumble, so if you see a scenario where Cody wins the Men's Rumble again, maybe you see Cody going over to SmackDown. Who knows? Um, Jay Uso is getting a title shot against Seth Rollins this coming uh, this coming Monday on Raw, so he's getting that right now. But yeah, you're right. It's like what does end up happening with the top heaviness of of Raw? Does somebody turn heel out of all this? I mean, we saw Sami Zayn interacting with Drew McIntyre. Maybe Sami Zayn turns heel. Um, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think Seth Rollins seems like the first logical program. They could even maybe do it at the Royal Rumble if you don't want to have CM Punk in the Rumble match. Uh, you know, I, th- the fact that people bought CM or Seth Rollins' reaction as being a work uh, this past uh, Saturday. I mean, come on. I'm here from what we've been told that all the wrestlers in the match were told CM Punk was coming out after um, after the match. So I doubt like people are actually sitting there can't believe they actually believe that it was a work and yeah i mean it just doesn't make the sense for that to be the case but cm punk seth rollins seems like the the main story to go with going forward and i think he'll be like on his best behavior i mean he knows what his reputation is coming out of aew he knows that he's not going to be able to put up with any of the crap that he did that or um, he's not gonna be able to do any of the crap, excuse me, that he was able to do in AEW compared to WWE because you got a, a full management structure there and not a money mark and Tony Khan who's just like 
like you said, playing with his action figures and not expecting any of them to talk back to him. It is kind of funny that I saw Tony Khan on like a podcast interview saying he wasn't allowed to comment on anything, but at the same time, when he was released, when they uh, released CM Punk, the whatever that was in Chicago, he said that he feared for his life during all that whole thing. So he's able to talk about it then, but not now. Um, I mean, I guess the next question also, I mean, obviously WWE, obviously we know what that means for him. What does this mean for AEW? I mean, Tony Khan had the opportunity to get everybody in the room and get the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega on the same page and probably do the biggest money feud they could possibly do with Punk and the Elite. And depending on whose side you believe, you know, you have people say Punk wasn't willing to do it. You have people say the Bucks weren't able to do it. And now AEW sees the guy that they... Pretty much the biggest star they were able to get leave them after um, this long, even, you know, backstage, you know, backstage stuff included. We know that played a part in it. But now, to me, at least, AEW just comes off as like a secondary promotion to the WWE. I mean, now you've got the Young Bucks coming off, taking hiatus. I joked on Twitter that it's kind of like Hulk Hogan used to do during the Monday Night War era in the 90s when he knew ratings were going to go down. He would take time off, and then when they, he'd come back and go up and try to take credit for him. I mean, it seems like if the Bucks are going to be doing that here, too. If they're actually going to take a hiatus from AEW, they'll probably try to come back like after WrestleMania when there might be a chance for their ratings to go up after WrestleMania season's over. But, I mean, this is a bad look, I think, for AEW and, you know, their promotion where you've seen, you know, they're, this top guy like this could just go right back and walk into WWE and look like, I would almost argue, a bigger star than he ever did in AEW. Who knows? But, uh, Cam, what does this say to about AEW for you? I mean, it's pretty complicated because we've, we've taken our shots and poked, poked holes at AEW's management structure and stuff over the years. And I think it's really, really, really starting to bite them in their ass. Um, I mean, to kind of touch on the QT Marshall, like him, you know, leaving AEW, and it's not like he's a focal point in pro wrestling or anything like that. But um, you read the, I read the report that CM Punk didn't want QT Marshall's QTV on Collision. He didn't like it fitting on the style, and he also didn't like the way Powerhouse Pobs was presented on the show. So instead of Tony Khan being a fucking man and saying, hey – this doesn't really work or being the smart booker. I mean, powerhouse Hobbs is a big, scary beast guy. Like what's he doing in like a low level heel comedy act essentially is what they were for those few weeks, a month, however long it lasted. Um, so instead of Tony Khan, just scrapping the booking idea, you know, he probably said some stuff to make everyone. Cause that's the rumor in AEW is that Tony Khan wants to appease every single person. He doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, so he does that, probably pisses off QT Marshall, repackages Hobbs, which good for Hobbs. Now he's with Don Callis and everyone and that group. So that's a whole hell of a lot better than anything that he was going to do with fucking QT Marshall. But it kind of just goes to show you. And just like the EVP things, I mean, I feel like we'll probably never get the answer. Maybe if Cody ever writes a book, but I feel like Cody, Kenny and the Bucks, them being executive vice presidents of a show that they for a company that they work for. Um, as on-air talent, it just wasn't ever going to work the right way. You know, the women's division suffered horribly at the beginning with Kenny running it. I mean, it hasn't gotten much better, but it's a little bit better from where it was when Kenny was trying to push random Japanese women's wrestlers that 97% of their audience never heard of. Um, so it's just difficult. And I think Tony Khan is relishing in his Jacksonville Jaguars moment, knowing that that's probably the better thing going for him because Fulham sucks AEW, for the most part, is not very good. Um, 
so it is what it is. I mean, I saw a lot of AEW fans like, you know, um, make not necessarily making fun of, but like shooing off the idea that CM Punk went to WWE. Well, we signed Will Ospreay. It was like, well, you know, I like Will Ospreay. We're a fan of him on the show. But when we want to talk about moving merch and tickets, even in the European side, if you sent CM Punk over overseas, he'd sell more tickets than Will Ospreay. I'd put money on that. So it's not like a fair trade-off. But yeah, AEW is just their management structure isn't working, hasn't been working. Um, you know, Ricky Starks, I feel like, is going to be the next one to jump ship unless we get MJF. But, you know, that's a whole different thing. You know, I read a report that he silently has resigned, but, you know, and has he's not getting advertised. We talked about it on last week or week before. You know, he's not on any advertisements, even the Wembley show. You don't see fucking MJF front and center, your AEW world champion. So I kind of believe it when I see it as far as MJF being a full-time AEW guy, but if you really think about it, sorry, this is like almost long-winded because I'm just, I always love to shit on AEW, but this is kind of just goes to show that if Tony Khan did his job and told Jungle Boy, who doesn't fucking move any merch or anything, to shut the hell up, get Kenny and the Bucks in a room and say, hey, we're going to turn this into an angle and we're going to do Kenny versus CM Punk, blah, 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 they couldn't even get that done, so this is just another, like, laugh, you know, at, at AEW's expense because they're not doing the things they need to do to operate as a professional company. They're running like a $10 indie with a billion dollar budget. I mean, yeah, like I'm going to collision this coming uh, weekend in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour and a half drive away from me. I mean, it's like the arena they're in is like a 5,000 feet or 5,000 seat. Um, you know, I think it's like semi or like a triple a NHL arena and it's, or a hockey arena. It's just like, they shouldn't be running these kinds of arenas at fear. What are we doing in year four of AEW, year five of AEW? This is the point where their companies should be growing. And it seems like they've just taken step back after step back, which is not a good a sign for this kind of company. Like you said, yeah, they have a good, they have a decent TV deal. Yeah. They got a billion dollar budget, but it's just obvious that they've kind of stick plateaued at the moment and they need to find their next big kicker in order to get you know the people back interested in their promotion um so that's cm punk we also had the return of randy orton this past week in the wwe um on smackdown on raw and on smackdown of course he was in the war games match of course the big tease was that randy orton wasn't there yet and people were going oh my god does this mean it's going to be cm punk returning and coming back to replace randy orton uh, they did a good job. I think, I mean, obviously it's a premium live event, so it's not like they have to get people to still tune in and not worry about them leaving and changing the channel, but it was a good cliffhanger. And then when Randy Orton showed up and my like, gosh, Randy Orton, man, I want to know he's been gone for a year and a half. And that guy is juiced to the gills is all I'll say. Uh, um, I'm sure Vince is probably watching go hot oh, damn pal. Or is this Randy Orton when I had him? Um, he's kind of made a point that, you know, he's going after Judgment Day on Raw. He had his first match back, singles match back with Dominic Mysterio. Uh, he's going to be on SmackDown this Friday. And I said on Twitter while watching Raw after he said he has receipts for the bloodline, I'm kind of okay with the idea of a Randy Orton-Roman Reigns match at the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's a newer-ish opponent for Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, just assuming he comes, like, at some point you would think he would come back. It's going to be interesting to see who makes more appearances, CM Punk and Roman Reigns going forward. Um, but it's a good program, I think. It's Randy Orton, obviously the established future Hall of Famer veteran that, you know, and he's over with the crowd. The RKO is still over after all these years. So I think him going after the bloodline is a smart move to do. Kind of just, you know, 
you take out um, John Cena and you insert Randy Orton. Now, of course, what does that mean for LA Knight 2? He's also kind of going after the bloodlines at the same time as well. I don't know if I doubt we're going to get some kind of LA Knight Roman Reigns match before that. But I think Randy Orton is a good step. And like we said, I think if you're going to do the Randy Orton and the bloodline, Randy going over to SmackDown for these next few months is the logical thing to do if you're going to have CM Punk and Cody still on Raw with the likes of Jey Uso as your top baby faces. And, of course, as always, the return of Brock Lesnar. What the hell are we going to do with Brock Lesnar when he comes back, presumably, for WrestleMania? Uh, a lot of interesting, a lot of good things to uh, to look at there. Uh, but your thoughts, Cam, on the return of Randy Orton, what his role could be going forward? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's nice to have Randy Orton back a year and a half. That seems like insanely long time. I mean, I feel like he's been healthy for a while. So it was probably just uh, they're changing, they're getting bought out and they're doing all kinds of things and letting Triple H get his, find his groove. And then they bring Randy Orton back. And I think that SmackDown is a good spot for him. I mean, I think that puts him and LA Knight as your top two baby faces um, for then when Randy eventually can turn heel because that's what Randy Orton does best. So, but I think, I mean, going forward, I mean, if I'm just like kind of, you know, firing off the cuff here for like a WrestleMania match, I would say uh, Randy Orton solo Sokoa as like as one of your, you know, upper mid card matches for a singles match on one of the nights. I think that's an easy thing to do. Like you said, you could possibly do Randy and Roman at the Rumble, which kind of sets him and solo up going forward into um, WrestleMania season. I think that would be like a big match for solo Sokoa as Randy Orton, I think, is he starts to establish himself as a single star at some point, you know, over the next some point in 2024, I'd assume that I think that's a really marquee match for him. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think it was nice to have Randy Orton back, you know, God bless JD McDonough for just basically falling face forward off a cage, you know, to, to sell an RKO. So I thought that was rather intense. Um, and then, and then last night on raw, he, I think he sold the, sold the RKO really well. So I think that's something really cool, but if they move more to SmackDown eventually, you know, then that leaves Raw side open. But, you know, I think that just kind of elevates, you know, we were saying the WWE was, real, you know, riding a high and they were doing really good. And, you know, you had top stars. You got Ellie Knight, Cody, Seth, blah, blah, blah. And now you add to the mix Randy Orton and CM Punk. I mean, WWE's looking pretty good, you know, but the only thing that's bad about that is, like I said at the beginning, guys like Sammy and maybe Jey Uso or fall down a peg or two, but it is what it is when you have top stars like these guys coming back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, they're the fresh faces at this point. I mean, Jey Uso's kind of reinvented himself with that whole you thing. We didn't even talk about R-Truth coming back. I mean, he comes back and his comedic timing in the segments that he's back on Raw that last night with, with Jelly Roll and eating the Jelly Rolls on... Uh, on Judgment Day's couch is just hilarious. That guy is, that guy knows his role. He's 51 years old, which is amazing to me. I cannot believe our truth is 51 years old. And he knows exactly how to play his role well. He knows what he's there for. His comedic timing is genius. Um, he, he's on TV just the right amount. They don't overexpose him at all. It's just a great use of our truth. And God bless the guy. I keep him, if he keeps doing this kind of stuff like he's doing, uh, I'll, I'll be for it. I was half expecting him to come out on Raw this Monday, like when they were doing the big returns, and be like, "Oh, you wanted CM Punk, my bad," and then uh, just just leave again. He's just so great at that role. Um, also, looking at Survivor Series, we had Gunther retain the Intercontinental Title against The Miz. No big surprise. We had Rhea Ripley retain her title against Zoe Stark. No big surprise. And we saw the face women of Charlotte, uh, Bianca, Becky, and Shotzi defeat Damage Control in. The first in the women's war games match to kick off the show. 
uh, with Bailey the one taking the fall. So to me, that kind of leads me to think that it's the start of getting Bailey kicked out of damage control, and we're just going to get an Asuka, Io, Kyrie Sane group with maybe Dakota Kai still sticking around too. I don't know how much further away she is from coming back from her injury, but. I think it's a smart move. You want to have the, the jo- Joshi group, uh, how do you say that? I like, can never pronounce that word. Um, kind of dominate the women's division on SmackDown. I think that's fine. Uh, you know, just let them Io Shirai have the title and then maybe let Kyrie and Asuka win the women's tag titles from Chelsea Green and uh, Piper Nevin. And maybe that just kind of gives them the rule, the roost in, um, in the WWE as far as the women's division goes. But I think it is time to move on from Bailey as far as being the leader of damage control that we mean, we were talking about damage control running its course almost two months after they made their debut, especially after them taking all their losses and they kind of built them back up. And now here we are again with kind of a new version of damage control. And I could 100% see Bailey even getting kicked out as soon as this coming Friday on SmackDown, who knows? But I think that's probably the route they're going to go. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think Bailey goes back to uh, wacky, wavy, and inflatable two uh, two men babyface, but I think she plays maybe a babyface with a little bit more of an edge going forward. So I could definitely be interested in that kind of tweak to Bailey's character to kind of freshen her up. Uh, what do you think, Cam? Um, yeah, I mean, to go back to our truth a little bit, I mean, I think it was hilarious like last night on Raw when. He talked about they needing a partner for war games and he would be down to do it. And they were like, war games was two days ago. And he's like, how do we do? <laughs> just Archie's just, is just too good, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is the start. This is kind of how you build a baby face, right? Like Bailey, I think on purpose kind of was the MVP for damage for damage control and the war games match. I mean, she did a lot. She saved, she saved just about everybody on her team. You know, she took some, some uh, pretty big bumps on like little metal in between the two rings. So they made sure that she took a lot of the lumps and then she took the pinfall. So if they start blaming Bailey for the loss, you know, that's how you build a, a nice baby face. And I think that's kind of the, the way they might go because I think that they do need a baby face or two on the raw or SmackDown side, wherever you want to put them. Um, Especially, if, you know, if you have uh, – well, Charlotte and Becky are still split. So if you want to have Bailey as a babyface on either show, it, it works. But I think, yeah, it's freshen her up, and then they go with the, the three women. And I agree. I think um, Royal Rumble or even sooner, probably whenever they get rid of Bailey, that they'll go after the tag titles and have all the titles for a while. Yeah, because I'm guessing I still think we're getting Becky and Rhea uh, for WrestleMania on the Raw side of things. It seems to be the smart thing to do. We don't know what they're going to do with Jade Cargill. She's still obviously around, but it's kind of smart that they're taking her time with her and see to see Triple H kind of throw a little bit of a dig at AEW uh, during his press conference. And somebody asked about Jade and saying she needs, she need, you know, the training structure is good for her, you know, being down on the performance center and she, she never really had that kind of structure before. Uh, so a, a little subtle dig there by Triple H. You weren't, we didn't get to see him punk one at AEW, but Triple H kind of gave a little bit of a shot there. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, we still got Bianca and Charlotte. We always know Charlotte. If Charlotte's around, she's going to be somewhere near the uh, main event picture at some point, whether we like it or not. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention from Raw is that I thought they did a really great job in that first commercial free hour building up Alpha Academy as a new tag team that you know could get over. I mean, Julius Creed looks like... Uh, 
I don't want to say like like a young Kurt Angle on there, but he is super athletic in the ring. And I like I said on Twitter, I give me a Julius Creed versus Gunther like one one off Intercontinental title match. He is so good. But I think that's something they did really well by establishing a new team like. Like uh, um, if I said Alpha Command, I meant the Creed Brothers. Uh, the Creed Brothers getting them over, uh, you know, having them go through most of the teams in that gauntlet to win, giving them an impressive move set, giving them time to showcase, giving them time to get the crowd behind them during that tag match. I thought was was a really really smart move by Triple H, whoever's in charge to be right now, is say, hey, look at it. here's this new tag team that was over in NXT. We're going to give them actually give them a chance to shine now on the main roster and they go out and they kill it pretty much in that match. And even the first few matches they had on Raw were also really good. But I thought last night was a really, really good showcase for them as far as being a team of the future. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on that, Cam, or anything else you want to add from Raw before we move on? Well, I mean, I, I like that match in general. I thought they actually did a pretty decent job, like, kind of reestablishing DIY. They haven't really had much TV time. So they won the first two matches, and they lose to the the Creep Brothers and stuff. And I think they were they did a great job, and I think Imperium's a great tag team. And as much as, like, you know, it might kill Chairman to hear this, but, you know, it might not be the worst idea to kind of split those tag titles back up and maybe reestablish them on Raw and SmackDown because I think that, you know, at any given point, the WWE has enough tag teams to do it, and it kind of just gives them more relevance. But yeah, I think the Creed brothers at some point deserve a title shot. I mean, I think DIY does. So I think that there is, you know, a little bit of hope. But every time we get hope with tag team wrestling and pro and uh, wrestling, that you know we always get let down at the end, anyways. But there is a little bit of hope right now, and I think that was a good showcase match. So uh, that's pretty much covers most of the stuff on the WWE side of things. Let's move over to AEW because we have not talked about AEW since their last pay-per-view full gear, which saw, uh, I guess you would say, the big story from the show, MJF retaining the AEW World Championship against Jay White. And one of those stories they do where um, you've got you've kind of got the thing where you know MJF gets hurt in his first match he gets taken away in an ambulance then Adam Cole comes out and says he's going to fight for MJF so MJF who is clearly in a, at least a more decent shape to wrestle compared to Adam Cole MJF can't wrestle but Adam Cole on a clearly broken severely broken angle on crutches they were going to let him take MJF's place like that just doesn't make any sense no matter how you try to tie it together at all and then MJF does end up coming back and does end up wrestling, does end up retaining against Jay White. But apparently in real life, he does have a torn labrum. But he uh, he had his, he tweeted that out, then quickly deleted it. Uh, he is scheduled to fight Samoa Joe at the World's End pay-per-view uh, at the end of December in his hometown of Long Island. Like we talked about, like we've said already on the show, MJF still isn't advertised for any other AEW shows uh, coming up after the year after the year so who knows there's reports that he secretly signed that there haven't even been really talks between mjf and wwe so i mean you can speculate all you want but i just don't get the extension of mjf you know keeping the ring of honor tag titles and at the same time retaining the title at some point i mean i think I mean, I know we're still pretty much a month away from the show, but I think Samoa Joe has to win that match because MJF's title reign, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, has this kind of, I don't want to necessarily say be a flop, but it's starting to go downhill, and unfortunately downhill really fast. I know the Adam Cole injury probably played some part in that, 
but it just seems like it's it's not working as far as the segments between Adam Cole and MJF that they're doing now. And I just think MJF for the betterment of his character and probably for the betterment of AEW at this point, they need to have to have him drop the title, drop it to somebody like Samoa Joe, who is respected by pretty much everybody in wrestling as this badass, you know, Samoan killer killer that just goes out there and beats the shit out of everybody that he wrestles, goes out there and talks shit about everybody that he wrestles and always uh, looks and sounds good while he does it. Uh, and yeah, it's in MJF's hometown, but who cares? Um, give Samoa Joe that title. I think at this point I would pick him to win it. Although I said the same thing about Jay White when they announced Jay White versus MJF and that didn't end up happening. But, you know, MJF and his future in AEW is like the big mystery right now, I think, for a lot of people. But I think Samoa Joe... I mean, like I said, I just said it with Jay White, but I think Samoa Joe really does have to be the person to take this title off him because if Samoa Joe doesn't, again, at this point, I wouldn't know who it would be. Um, but what are your thoughts? I know you can. We've talked about MJF numerous times on the show. Just what are your thoughts on this situation? I mean, it kind of feels just like some bad luck after bad luck. I mean, the Torn Labrum, who knows how long can he hold that off for until he actually needs to have the surgery. Um, who knows? I mean, we'll get maybe some clarity on that soon. Who knows? But, you know, if my speculation, you know, about him leaving and going to the WWE comes to fruition, I mean, his him losing the title of Snow Joe is not the worst thing in the world, you know, but do they they can hold it off till World's End. We have, you know, just about like, what, 32, 33 days until that's supposed to happen. Um, so they could easily not have him wrestle and then have him wrestle some sort of match. Um, but if he does magically re-sign with AEW, I assume at that point he takes some time off. Um but it is what it is. You know, I saw someone say that, you know, if he does have like a bad injury that they should, uh, they should give the winner of the C2 classic, the title and then have Samoa Joe face them and blah, blah, blah. But you know, it is what it is. I don't think they'll do any title relinquish, but you know, it's very, the, the one intriguing thing about AEW right now, I think is, um, MJF's status heading into January. You know, we're basically in December now here in the next couple of days. So here in the next, 45 to 60 days maybe we'll know where mjf's loyalties lie and how how serious his surgery is and if he needs to take some time off it'll either be a huge returning pop for AEW fans or a humongous uh debut pop for wwe yeah and of course that's royal rumble time and there's always a talk about everybody being a surprise entrant for the royal rumble i'm surprised that nobody said us as being surprised at this point but i did want to point out too that i love that cody got that like the little things like this with triple h in charge that cody said he got permission from wwe management to say that he is in the royal rumble and not like every other time somebody just says i'm declaring for the royal rumble just the even the little factoid that he said that i got permission from wwe management to do it i thought was even was just very well like that's fine perfect that's better than just like right like why like we've said before why can't regular joe schmo just come then and take a grab a microphone and say i am declaring for the royal rumble and then be like okay i guess that person's in the royal rumble now um unlike like i said like you know with him just even just saying that yeah management's involved like management said i could do this um so that little that little key thing there goes uh other things from uh full gear we had uh, we had a very bloody Texas death match between Swerve and Hangman, which saw Swerve Strickland win the match. Uh, it was, I mean, I don't think it was as great as people make it out to be. I thought it was a very good match, but you know, it it was fine for kind of like that kind of match. Uh, you had Orange Cassidy defeat John Moxley to retain the international title. 
you did see Tony Storm regain the or win the AEW Women's Championship from Sheeta. Uh, you had Billy Stark, you had Starks and uh, Big Bill retain the tag titles. Um, we all did very poorly in our predictions contest. Um, we all had at least three losses, and that's the first time I've seen that in uh, on a show like in a big show like that in a while. I did particularly bad. We all we all didn't pick. None of us picked Julia Hart to win the TBS title, and she ended up doing it. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of I guess you, maybe you want to say interesting results, but at the same time maybe you just our AEW uh, meter is not as good as it has been the last few uh, last few years. But uh, anything stick out for you there from those results from Full Gear Cam? Uh, no, the only thing that's funny to me and it's it's just kind of like a um, a preference thing for me is that you know the ent- the the huge angle of Full Gear was you know MJF has been beaten up his leg he blah 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 he can't wrestle. So you're telling me that a guy who can't really stand on his leg can't wrestle, but Swerve and Hangman can fucking kill each other. Um, that the continuity issues in AEW, like I said, MJF vocally says he's proud that they represent different brands of wrestling, even though he's not a fan of all the brands. But to me, it's kind of like a continuity issue with me. Like It's almost like when The Fiend debuted and he had those matches against Seth Rollins and the fiend was like no selling everything, but you know, the next match Braun Strowman like commits murder or something like that. Like there's no, there's no like continuity. So I think that was just pretty funny that your huge angle for your, for your pay-per-view where your world champion can't fight because of his leg, but you can have two guys literally kill each other and the same show. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Like I said, I brought that up when I was talking about the MJF Adam Cole stuff. Uh, I really do hope that they end up getting a big swerve push out of this. I mean, I think he's going to be their next big, you know, guy. I think that they want to push. Maybe he's not even, he's not a, in a quote unquote original, but he's been pushed well enough in AEW that you pretty much forget about his hit row run now in WWE. Uh, so uh, I think that's probably their next big thing to do. I'm glad that he ended up getting the win over Adam page. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say Adam Page's time at the top has come and gone, but I think it'll be very hard to get him back up into the upper stratosphere of, you know, AEW world champion even. Um, But like I said, I'm glad Orange Cassidy retained against Moxley. It was the right thing to do. Uh, He's, you know, Moxley's kind of like that. I don't want to say like a, like a John Cena type where he's, he's definitely not John Cena, but he's kind of like at that point now where he doesn't need any titles at all. And people will just respect him for doing what he does in the ring and not anything else. He doesn't have to be around the world title scene. Um, so that's good there. Uh, the AEW did announce that they were doing a uh, almost like a mini version of the G1 called the Continental Classic, where they have they're going to be doing round robin uh, tournaments with different uh, brackets. You've got um, you got Brody King, Claudio, Andrade, Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston in one. And Jay White, John Moxley, Swerve, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, and Rush in another. So it's a round-robin tournament. Um, it's two group, Obviously, the two groups that I enlisted, 20-minute time limit, three points for a win, one for a draw, zero for a loss. No one's allowed at ringside, and two group winners go to the championship final at World's End with the winner becoming the inaugural AEW Triple Crown champion. 
Uh, I don't know if that means there's going to be a new belt, but I guess it's something for them to do. I mean, it gives people a good set of matches. Like I know at Collision this coming, um, I mean, like I'm looking at it right now, this coming Saturday, I get to see Claudio and Brody King, Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia versus Andrade. So yeah, it'll be a solid set of matches, but I don't know if copying like AE or New Japan's G1 is going to put, I guess, quote unquote, butts in the seats. If you want to, if you want to say that, but it's something different. I think AEW, and that's part of the reason we saw, according to some one of the reports from uh, QT Marshall, even he saw it turning too much into New Japan, and this kind of is like the New Japan thing right here. And of course, we talked about Will Osprey showing up, and him being the new signing in AEW too. So if you want to talk about New Japan blending in like that too, but uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, little uh, Continental Classic they have going on here in AEW? I mean, I like it. I think Tony Khan's pretty funny when he introduced it and was like, put your fucking money where your mouth is if you want pure wrestling. And it's like, dude, like, you can have pure wrestling and, like, still have, like, continuity in your storytelling. Like, it's okay, man. Like, calm down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, I fucking hope, pray to God, they don't introduce another title. They have too many. They have, like, seven, I don't even know. Besides the women, they have, like, what, five, six belts, something like that. They don't have a <clears throat> big enough roster where you got a light hook cool guy my wife says he looks like an anime character uh maybe that's what he's going for um they they have a title on him i mean i mean they just have too many belts so i hope they don't introduce another belt this should just be a number one contender whoever wins this tournament is the number one contender for the championship like makes no sense i don't know who knows um but i mean i once i i think swerve deserves i mean i feel like it's either gonna be jy i don't think it's gonna be brian danielson um, I mean, Daniel Garcia maybe deserves the push, but I think if they're serious, as you kind of mentioned about push and swerve and Tony Khan's ability to push anything is not very good. So swerve and hangman, you know, where hangman could be elevated. Why isn't hangman in this tournament? Um, who knows? They've completely fucking dropped the ball with hangman page, but yeah, I mean, I think swerve is the guy coming out of this. If they really want to get behind him, I think he's your next top mega heel especially if mjf either leaves or is out for an extended period of time you need a super mega hill and don Callis's group isn't going to do it Kristen cage is is kind of funny when he's doing like this weird i don't know psycho dad thing whatever he's doing with nick wayne and his mom um so you need a you need an ultra mega hill because right now mjf's really a tweener anyways he's not really a heel he's a tweener and <clears throat> so you need that guy and i think swerve deserves it and you know, I'm looking forward to some of the matches. You know, you could have, that's a pretty solid card for you to go see, Justin. But it is what it is. I think that's just their way of being able to put, what, 12 guys in this tournament or however many guys it is, 12 guys that they don't really have any ideas for creative. And they're like, hey, just go do this. But, yeah, I mean, it is New Japan light. You know, that's why they brought in Will Ospreay because Will still gets to go do probably select New Japan dates and select – xpw dates in the uk and things like that because tony khan's like yes i'll let i'll allow my talent to possibly ruin their bodies for some fucking indie show of course i'll let you guys do that all right and that is going to be our show for this week a lot of things we caught up on there and i'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about and when we get back together next week uh, as i said i will be at aew collision this coming saturday so feel free to follow me on my twitter account at jc wonka and i'll do my best to live tweet from the show while i'm there 
I'll make sure I don't post pictures of camera, the hard side camera, because heaven forbid somebody from AEW finds out. Uh, but I will be there, and I will be tweeting about it. And we will be back next week to talk about all the news in pro wrestling and probably get back to uh, another, our top five, if we're taking a little break without chairman this week. So for my co-host Cam, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys then.